In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, starting at verse 10, the Apostle Paul says, According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ, the Word of God. Now if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Here are some examples. In the early 1980s, I attended a church in Dallas, Texas. I went to the singles class. Our teacher was a divorced man, and I cared very much about him. I admired him greatly because at each class he invited the Holy Spirit to speak through whom he willed in the class. And he never failed to say, If anyone has a word from the Lord, please share it. Giving God an opportunity to speak through various individuals in the class. Sharing that which God had shown them. This is a good thing. But later, we heard about this man's girlfriend. I went to him, and I said, What is this I hear about your girlfriend? And he sort of was evasive, but he did admit he had a girlfriend. And after a few minutes of evasiveness... I point-blank said, are you having sexual intercourse with this girlfriend? And he said, of course. And I said, oh, you know the Bible as well as I do. I can have nothing to do with you while you're doing this. I can't come to your Bible class. I can't do anything, eat with you, drink with you, do anything with you as long as this is your manner of life. He said, that's right. There was no repentance. There was no shame. He just simply knew that what I spoke was the word of God, and I had to follow it. I had occasion to speak with him a couple of years later by phone, and he said to me, well, fornication is no longer a problem to me. And I felt he was telling me 
His flesh had been destroyed. Please look at 1 Corinthians chapter 5. What do we do with a brother in Christ who is committing fornication? Do you counsel him and pray for him? No, he already knows the truth. Is there anyone, especially anyone who attends a church, is there anyone who fails to know fornication is a sin in the sight of God? I don't think so. Therefore, counseling him is not the answer. Paul told us what to do with such a brother. Verse 11, 1 Corinthians 5, But now I have written unto you not to keep company. If any man that is called a brother be a fornicator, or covetous, or an idolater, or a railer, or a drunkard, or an extortioner, with such a one, know not to eat. And then Paul says, Therefore put away from among yourselves that wicked person. And it is a wicked person. To know the way of God and to go an opposite way is wickedness. Then Paul says back here at the beginning of this chapter, In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together, and my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ to deliver such an one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. And I think that's what happened to this man, which pleases me greatly because you certainly don't want his soul destroyed. So the destruction of his flesh, I believe, would bring him to repentance over what he has done. Jimmy Swigert committed fornication with a prostitute, and he was caught with the prostitute, and he came on his television show with tearful pleas, saying, I have sinned, forgive me, and tears were rolling down his cheeks. What should the Assembly of God done with Jimmy Swaggart? He was ordained by them. He was one of their people. And a meeting in the Assembly of God at that exact time that Swaggart had done this, the pastor got up and said, We should pray for Brother Swaggart. And I very quietly said, Oh, he should be put out of the church. Because, see, I knew what Paul said. He didn't say pray for such a brother. He said, don't keep company with him. Put him away from you. I knew exactly what Paul said to do in a case like Swaggart. But that's not what they did. They were telling their congregations, pray for Brother Swaggart. Later, he was caught with another prostitute. This time, he said, it's flat out none of your business. A member of the body of Christ telling us it's none of our business if he is committing fornication. And in Swigert's case, he was also committing adultery because he was married. It is the church's business what the body of Christ does. 
This time, the Assembly of God defrocked him. He didn't care. He had his big TV show and could just go right on preaching. Basically, he was entertaining the people with music. God has shown me that sin a long time before. He had a press agency, Michael Ellison Advertising Agency. Their agent told me that Swaggart came to them wanting them to represent him so he could get bigger audiences. He was tired of the little audiences. The first thing they told him to do was quit preaching so much and play that gospel music, because he was a piano player. Play that gospel music. Entertain the people. I was sent to him to say, stop entertaining the people and preach the word of God. Well, this time the Assembly of God didn't counsel him or pray for him or tell their congregations to do that. They defrocked him and put him out of the Assembly of God. I believe this is an example of your work being tried by fire. It says, if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. And hopefully he will be saved because it says... That he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. I don't know in Swagger's case, because he just kept repeating his sin. At least he did at that point in time. Verse 13, Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Several years ago, I visited a little non-denominational church. Pastor was preaching to the congregation. And the pastor said, concerning Sarah, Abraham's wife, and Sarah's handmaiden, Hagar, Sarah and Hagar were half-sisters. I was really shocked. I had never heard that before. I'd never read it before, although I'd read all those scriptures in the Old Testament. I went back to the Old Testament and looked to see if I could find anything to confirm what that pastor said, and on the contrary, I found the opposite. And my belief was that the pastor made this up. So I called him and told him I'd been in this congregation that day when he said this and asked him where it was in the Bible. And he said to me, well, I can't remember where it is in the Bible. And I said, well, it's very important for me to know this, so please will you look it up and tell your secretary where it is, and have her call me and tell me? Dead silence. And then he said, all right, it's not in the Bible. See, he got caught. Unfortunately, I have been in more than one church gatherings where the pastor added things to the Bible and then showed no repentance at all when... He got caught. That is Antichrist. You must be very careful 
in handling scripture. You must speak truthfully. And if you are wrong, you repent in sorrow. But that's not what I've seen these men do that are teaching wrong things. Peter said there would be false teachers in the last day. That is Second Peter chapter 2. But there, there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you. Feigned words, pretended words, words that aren't true. I have sadly seen many preachers speak things that are not true. We are warned in the Bible that this will happen. The Apostle Paul said to the elders at the church at Ephesus, recorded for us in Acts 20, Paul said the following, starting at verse 25, And now behold, I know that ye all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, shall see my face no more. Wherefore, I take you to record this day, that I am pure from the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. Verse 29, Paul says, For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock, also of your own selves, the elders, shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them, speaking perverse things. Stay awake. If you attend a church, stay awake. It's not that we are looking for wrongdoing. I have never attended church where I was looking for wrongdoing. But sitting there in good faith, I have heard so many things so often that are not according to the scripture. 
many times I have had to leave that church group and go elsewhere. And I've heard things when I went elsewhere that were not according to the scripture. And I've had to leave them. And God has given me dreams showing me to leave certain church, one church in particular. In the dream, destruction was everywhere. A man was speaking to a group of people. I went in and sat down and began to listen. A second man came into the room and said, Stop, can't you see? It's too late. It's already begun. And he disappeared. The first man resumed speaking, and the people were staring at him with loving faces, and they didn't show any interest whatsoever to the message that it's too late. It's already begun. But I wanted to see what had already begun. So in the dream, I looked out the window. There was a tall pole with a yellow civil defense speaker on top of the pole, the speaker that was supposed to warn the people. Out of that speaker, I saw gas coming out of the speaker. And it was coming directly toward those of us in the room where this man had been speaking. And I knew the gas was poison and it would kill us. I looked at the man who was seated next to me. He had a very big grin on his face and he was looking attentively and lovingly at the man who was speaking. But then I saw it. This man was dead. He was a corpse. I looked around the room, and the other people were dead also. And I knew as I sat there among them, I began to feel drowsy, and the gas that was poison coming from the speaker was killing me also as I sat among this group. Sometime later, on a Wednesday night at the church I was attending, I looked at the man next to me, who was seated next to me, and I was stunned because he was the man in the dream who was already dead. And I looked at the congregation that night, and I think they were the congregation in the dream. They were already dead. I got up and went to the restroom and began praying, and I said to God, I think you're showing me to leave this church group. I'm going to get in my car and drive away, but if you want me to come back, I'll turn around and come back. God did not want me to come back. He wanted me to leave that church group. After I left it, God showed me several things that were wrong that the pastor was doing. I didn't see them while I was sitting there in that case, but God showed them to me after I left. But in the other times when I've just visited a church group, I've heard many things being taught by pastors that was not correct. Of course, I never went back to that church group. So 
We're not looking for evil in the churches. But evil is in the churches. Antichrist has already moved in. The Antichrist of the end times has moved into those churches and caused them to fall away from certain scriptures. And when they went along with it, the change of scripture, that made them Antichrist in the church. And Paul described it in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Start at verse 3. Let no man deceive you by any means. For the day of the Lord shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. In 1982, God said to me, as I was reading this scripture, the falling away are not people leaving the church group. The falling away are the church groups leaving the scriptures. This is Antichrist. Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitting in the temple of God showing himself that he is God, Antichrist, in the churches. And then, in starting in verse 8, God tells what will happen to this Antichrist. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. In the end time, the Antichrist churches will be destroyed by Jesus when he appears. And the congregations will be damned also and be destroyed. Verse 10, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness, pleasure in the unrighteousness at their church group, the social pleasure, the various pleasures. And the church group changing the scriptures to permit them to do many sins in adultery and fornication that they want to do. And to think that they are forgiven every time they do it. Because it says if you sin willfully after the knowledge of the truth, there's no more sacrifice for your sins. That is Hebrews chapter 10 verse 26. All we can do is get up and leave that church group when we see scriptures being changed and eliminated by the preaching. Thank you for allowing me to speak this to you today.